Welcome back to Feed the Post. I am your host, Joe Jackson. Joining me as always is my friend and co-host, Aiden Koontz. Aiden, how are you doing today? Doing good, Joe. Uh, ready for Sweet 16. I'll be in Louisville on Friday, checking out uh, the, I don't even know what region that is, the South region South uh, action. So maybe stay for Sunday. If it's Creighton, Alabama, I'll probably stay for Sunday, but we'll see. So yeah, getting down to it, 16 teams left and uh, Purdue, not one of them, unfortunately. And we'll have a Purdue pod at some point. Uh, I just didn't feel like recording one this week. So we will have a recap eventually. And let's just jump right into it. We'll t- we'll start in the South where you'll be um, at Louisville. Two yeah. matchups are Alabama versus San Diego State and Creighton versus Princeton, the 15 seed Princeton. Uh, and which we'll, let's start with Alabama-San Diego State and then we'll move to the Creighton-Princeton matchup. Alabama's kind of just done what we expected. Um <laughs> Maryland in the second round was able to give them a fight for 15 minutes. And then Alabama said, all right, I don't really care. Like we're just better. And that's just what like Alabama just looked like the most complete team still in the tourney. Beat Texas A&M Corpus Christi by 21, beat Maryland by 22. And this is the Maryland game, especially was just like, they didn't shoot great. Um, and it just didn't matter in the second half. Like Brandon Miller is nursing an injury. And that is important. I think to like keep note of, um, you know, the AM Corpus Christi game, I only I don't think he scored, right? I think he was like 0 for 5 or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I saw Nato say that he hasn't like practiced yet. He's just been rehabbing. Um, so that's something to be to monitor. San Diego State beat Charleston by six in the first round and then Furman by 23 in the second. Um, you know, they've played two mid-majors and then they'll jump to Alabama. But San Diego State plays a style of just kind of muck it up. Um, you know. This intent, like really good defense, get enough scoring from like the likes of like Matt Bradley and players like that. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think they have a chance at, at knocking off Alabama, or you think this one's just all all Alabama? No, I, I think they have a chance. I mean, the funny thing about Bama is is like so many people talk about them like they're just um, this great shoot, three point shooting team. They haven't actually been that good this year from three in terms of percentage that, but what's still good about them is they get so many up, you know, that ultimately, um, you know, it, it's going to come in kind of, kind of come in waves. Um, I, I think with San Diego state, like they match up. Okay. Um, I think they can go small and with Matt Bradley at the four and, and try and just make Alabama have to counter that Bama likes to start six ten Noah Clowney at the four Clowney's not as much of a post player. Like, uh, he likes to step out and shoot it. Um, so, you know, I think that could be an interesting counter that SDSU goes to. I think if they can keep this close for 35 minutes, then I think Bradley, you know, those final five minutes, Bradley, like, is is a guy who can create his own shot and, and make tough shots, uh, you know, not maybe to the level of a Brandon Miller. But then again, he has four or five years of experience on Miller. So, um I think it, it's interesting in that regard. Uh, what I think they're just going to try to have to muck it up for those 35 minutes. Not, I mean, n- not under the, you know, pretense that they're going to get out to some big lead, but just try to keep it close. And then maybe Bradley can make some plays late. Um, I thought they were just dominant against Furman. That was just JV varsity. I mean, watching yeah. that game was really impressive. But then again, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. It was a really bad matchup for Furman. Um, and I think Charleston was a good 12, but but ran into kind of a buzzsaw defensively. So, yeah, I, I think they could keep it close. Obviously, I think Bama will win, but I don't know. I, I think at a certain point, the SDSU defense could could 
really bother them. And this is a Bama team that has some young guys. Um, but the thing about Bama is, like, they have guys to just bring in. So I, I don't know if that's just going to be what it has to be, where maybe Burnett um, gets a little more time. Quinterly, who's been so good for them, maybe gets a little more time. He came in for Bradley and was really good in the last game. So I, I think we could see something like that. If they can bother Miller and those freshmen, those younger guys, uh, maybe they could have some success. Yeah, one thing I'm going to keep my eye on is Alabama is sixth in offensive tempo. San Diego, San Diego State is 346th in defensive <laughs> tempo. Yeah, that's uh, the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be who controls tempo. If San Diego State's going to have to force turnovers. That's when you kind of compare like the numbers and that. Like that is the one area they have the advantage is Alabama isn't great with the ball and San Diego State does its solid job. Neither, you know, neither are like at the extreme ends of either category, but they both you know, San Diego State does a solid job. Alabama does turn it over some. Um, so probably, you know, San Diego State's going to have to force turnovers and then just slow down the game and limit possessions. And then you just, yeah, you hope you catch an Alabama cold streak. Like you said, Matt Bradley, let him get a few. Um, Tramel, I like too, and, and Butler. So, yeah. yeah, I think they have, I think they'd more than have enough to get it done. I think Alabama probably pulls it out, but um, I think, I think this will be Alabama's first like real test for at least 35 40 minutes maybe so yeah I think so like Bama is probably not going to blow a big lead in this one if they can get out to a lead have a 10-0 run a kill shot um this I think is going to be over but if like I said if it can stay close then maybe they can squeak it out at the end and I wouldn't put that past I mean Maryland was able to do it for what 25 minutes ish yeah something like that 20, 20 minutes really is what they could do and then it, the wheels came off and so SDSU has to get 10 more minutes and then there's not enough time for the wheels to come off. Now you're kind of just playing back and forth, back and forth, but Bama's defense is so good. They might just not score. I mean, that there is that possibility, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, And we'll, let's jump to the other side of the Creighton Princeton matchup. And I know you said you'll be at this game. I know you're a big Creighton guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm also, you know, I picked, I was switching between Creighton and Alabama going to the final four. I liked watching Princeton, both their two games. They upset Arizona win by four. Um, they beat Missouri by 15 in two games that felt like Princeton was just straight up the better team, which you just yeah. don't you don't see often from these these low seed matchups. Um, upsets, I mean, Creighton knocks off NC State by nine in the first round and then Baylor by nine. So I'll let you go or you kind of your initial thoughts on this one. I think the interesting thing about this one is it's even though it's 15 um, six, you know, there's not a necessarily massive disparity in athleticism. Um and and Creighton doesn't have a very deep bench. Creighton got basically like just the most elite shot making against Baylor. I mean, and, and part of that was Baylor's defense, but they were really hitting some tough shots in that game back and forth, and they just never stopped really. Um, I think Creighton's starting five is maybe up there with anyone in left in the tournament. Um, and and you think about the balance um, with Kalkbrenner anchoring down low. They, they've been so good defensively this year, Creighton. Whereas in past years, it's been more of the, you know, explosive offense. It's less of that this year and more, um, you know, being really solid defensively. So I, I do think Princeton will struggle to score. I mean, it's it's a rude, you know, it's a, it's going to be a rude awakening going from Missouri and Arizona uh, in terms of scoring the basketball because this is a, a stout Creighton defense. Um, I think the one thing is like Creighton will not overwhelm them and turn them over necessarily. Like they they have the potential to be really clean Princeton this is like Princeton can be really clean offensively in this game and so that means they ultimately can get probably pretty good shots um I think the big 
like X Factor is is Tof Tosan Ebuaman or however you say that for Princeton. He's been like so good. Um just as an offensive rebounder in this thing and and just just making plays as kind of a playmaking big. Um I've really liked his game. So if he can kind of carve them up and maybe draw Kalkbrenner out to the three point line, he's only a twenty seven percent three point shooter. But maybe if he hits a couple and then you gotta you could bring Kalkbrenner out of the paint. Um and now Creighton's kind of scrambling. But yeah, I don't know. I mean like I don't want to doubt these this Princeton team. I obviously I think Creighton will win this one. Um, but they do, you know, if they're not hitting shots, and there's been to- a lot of times this season where that's not been the case, they could kind of struggle. But I, I do think they'll kind of roll in this one. But maybe Princeton gives them a game for, you know, again, like 30 minutes, whatever, and then kind of Creighton pulls away. Yeah, I think, you know, this this feels like the worst matchup for Princeton so far out of the three. And like you said, the going from Missouri to Creighton defense is going to be it's something a, It was for a them. layup line. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. – it was bad against Missouri. It was really bad. Yeah, and that's where Princeton just, I said, like, Princeton dominated the game, it felt like. Um, and part of that was just because they got whatever shot they wanted. Don't think that happens as easily against Creighton. And then, you know, when you go back to the Arizona game, Princeton did a good job of, they dictated of, you know, of just, we're going to take Tupelis away inside. We're going to take everything away inside. Really, really slow this game down and then just kind of make you guys try to hit some jumpers, and they couldn't. Um, you know, Creighton has dudes that can do it. Uh, Shireman can obviously get hot at a moment's notice. Trey Alexander's good. Nemhart's good. Uh, they just got, you know, they just have, Creighton's just solid everywhere. Like, they're, what, Kalkbrenner's probably their best player in the starting five? I don't. It could be a different guy any day. I mean, Nemhart yeah. is so fast with the basketball. Like, he will be a matchup they haven't seen um, as far as guards. And then, and Shireman, really, and Alexander, I mean, they're all good. Like, they all could have 30. Like they do have a starting lineup where every player could potentially get 30 in a given game. We've already seen that. Kalkburn had 30 against NC State. Nemhard had 30 against Baylor. Shireman was, uh, I think, held Keontae George to two for 10 shooting. Like yep. they have dudes um, in that starting lineup. Trey Alexander's really, really good. Um, those guys, like, they're just, they're different level in the backcourt than what they've seen so far. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's why I do think Crane probably rolls in this one. Uh, and we we don't have to touch on it much because I know we're on like a little bit of a time constraint. If it is Alabama Creighton, who, are you taking Alabama? I think so. I I'd need to think about that one a little bit more. One like kind of compare them on Ken Palm and and look at the numbers. But off off rip, I think I'd take Bama in a close one. That's where I I lean Bama, but I really think it'd be I think it'd be a really really close game if those great two game. happens. Great game. I'm hoping that. Oh happens. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. Let's jump to the East region. And that is, we'll start with FAU taking on Tennessee. Uh, FAU beats Memphis by one on a last-second layup. Took care of Fairleigh Dickinson in the second round. Uh, And then Tennessee kind of squeaks, not squeaks by Louisiana because they were up in the second half and then just kind of let it slip. Um, And then they looked really good against Duke in round two and one by 13. So it's a game I haven't given too much thought, period. Um, Just based on what I saw, like Tennessee looked like the better team, but I also know that if like FAU is good, like FAU is, I don't think just this mid-major that is just like, you know, just in because they play a week schedule or whatever. Like, I think that they are legitimately good. Um, if they can get the shot making to go, like Tennessee has, you know, a really good three-point defense. FAU takes a good amount of threes and also makes a good amount of threes. If they can get that to go, um, I think I could see FAU winning, but I just, you know, when I watch Tennessee against Duke, like Duke just, 
at times couldn't get a single thing to go on offense. And I, I don't know if I trust FAU to be the teams to do it against them. Yeah, I think that's fair. I do think they're, they are not a bad matchup necessarily for Tennessee, but they are a team that can spread them out. Um, I remember watching Tennessee, Missouri in the SEC tournament. I think Missouri hit 10 threes in that game. And that, that was interesting of like spacing them out, you know, not a great defensive team, Missouri, but again, how much can Tennessee really score? If you don't get what Conwell gave them against Duke, like, are they going to struggle to score on that end? Maybe not. This guy, John L. Davis for FAU, who's from Gary, right. Indiana. I mean, just he actually I remember watching him. He played at Indy Heat with Jay Nivey, Caleb First and uh, Blake Wesley, who was with Notre Dame. And he basically played the four for those guys. And um, boy, he is lighting up. Um, he he lit up FDU and I get I get it's FDU, whatever. But um, I think he scored double figures his last 11 games or something like that. So he's kind of an X factor if he can be a shot maker for them, um, you know, especially him driving the lane, being physical. He matches up well physically with those Tennessee guards. Um, so it'll be interesting. But I think Tennessee, again, needs somebody to really hit tough shots like Olivier Kamwa did against Duke. And I don't know who that will be. I've liked Tyreek Key at times. I've liked Vescovy at times. Obviously, Ziegler out for the tournament. Maybe it is Kamwa again. Obviously, he he is a, a big dude and, and playing the four for them could be you know interesting against FAU but yeah I, I think it'll just come down to shot making that's boring but I think if FAU will take a lot of threes especially in transition they'll try to get them early and often when they can get them open before the Tennessee defense is set and then if they hit them you know if they get 12 threes then I think they could absolutely win why not oh for sure yeah they have the talent without a doubt John L. Davis like you said um you know Nick Boyd and Brian Brian Greenlee is uh maybe not in the tournament as much but He's, they get a lot of he guys. makes some tough passes. It's It's been like just when yeah. I watch some of their games back in the regular season, he makes some tough passes. Um, they have Golden at 7-1 that can kind of match up with, with Plav- Plavzic. Um, yeah, which is just five, interesting because I feel five like... five minutes that Plavzic is on the floor before he gets two or three. True. That's true. And Golden might do the same too, honestly. Yeah, true, um, true. yeah I don't know. I, I agree with you. It's just it really is going to come down to shot making. Um Viscovi looked good against Duke. I think he went three of seven or four of eight or something like that from three. Um, you know, Kamu, like you said, is is he went off against Duke. If they can have a guy step up, um, oh man, now that I talk, I just I'm talking myself into the FAU more. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, can they shut can can they shut down John L. Davis if he's playing like how he did? Uh, oh, that's good. Ooh, yeah, but again, man, that's gonna be tough. I don't know. It's FDU Tennessee. That's a big difference defense. That's true. That's I mean, true. I love John L, but that's a big difference. So we'll see. That's true. And Tennessee is, you know, Kirk Palm best defense in the country. Uh, and I assume that's by a, a decent bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah UCLA's two and players. Alabama three right there. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, okay. No, you're right. Tennessee, Tennessee probably should win. There should be, they're, they're going to be probably more talented and they should be able to just kind of impose their will defensively. So that, that, that'll, I'll go with them there. Um, All right. Yeah, well, me too. Barely. And we'll, We'll jump down to a game I'm super excited for in Kansas State, Michigan State. Yeah. Two New York guards um, in uh, Walker and Noel. Noel just absolutely torched Kentucky. Uh, Kansas State beat Prov- or uh, beat Montana State round one by 12, Kentucky by six round two. Michigan State beats USC by 10 and then Marquette by nine to get here. Uh, MSU, the last Big Ten team standing. Um, but this this should be a fun game, I think. I think this should be probably one of the better sweet 16 games 
kind of you know i have a breakdown or i have a, a preview article coming out soon for them um yeah. and they're they're fairly similar right they have like these lead dynamic guards in walker and noel um, i know it's a little different because you know michigan state has the secondary guard or not secondary guard but a second guard with hoggard um that can just get into the paint at will I'm interested to see what each team does for pick and roll coverage. Um, I would assume probably both teams hedge because if, you know, if Kansas state plays their drop against Walker, it's a pull up every time and, and Kansas state gives up a ton of mid ranges. Yeah. Um, I think Michigan state has to hedge. Like, I think you just have to force the ball out of Noel's hands, but also from what I've seen, he's been really good of like, he just, is, I don't know if it's cause he's so you know small at five, eight or whatever. He just like, and kind of split stuff or he like even as he retreats and picks up his ball you like get a step through and make a pass or whatever um so that'll be interesting and then you know Keontae Johnson also I guess I, sh- I should mention him because he was also an all-american um yeah. you know shooting lights out from three can do a kind of like similar to Hauser where offensively I think they'll do a little bit of everything for him you know um post him up they'll have him come off screens they'll have him on kickouts Johnson probably has the here the ball in his hands to self-create a bit more than Hauser. Um, but this is gonna be this one's a I think this one's gonna be fun. I think they're pretty similar. Uh, just it, it's gonna be fun. And Noel versus if it com- turns into Noel versus Walker down the stretch, like that's just gonna be amazing in MSG. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be great. And I think this is one of those games, and I mean they they Kansas State was not the better team necessarily against Kentucky. Um, but again, as Jerome Tang said, they got better dudes. And they they did and and tough shots down the stretch. I thought Kentucky did a great job on Keontae, really held him in check. And then he just hits that ridiculous step back three. Um, Noel obviously just those are terrible shots, like objectively, but they're going in and he's hitting deep step backs. And now, like you said, the New York subplot. I mean, this seems like a guy who's just lives for the big stage. So getting to go to the Garden, like it's gonna be an electric game. I I. I don't know who to pick in this one, man, because I, I feel like I don't really know who they put Noel on. Like, all those guards for MSU could take advantage of him. I think it may come down to the bigs, honestly, even though we're all yep. talking about everybody else. I think Tomlin, what can he give? Um, he he was efficient against Kentucky, um, even though he was dealing with Shibwe, who was just an animal on the other end in that game. Um, I, I was impressed by Kentucky, even in defeat, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then I think Sissoko too, like he's, he, again, he's got the a chance to really make an impact. He, he did a, had a nice game against Marquette, 8.7 boards, um, just active, you know, active and, and got Iguodaro in a little bit of foul trouble there. Um, you know, the hall stuff, whatever. I don't I know that they're even better when he's out there all the time, even though it, it Wait, sounds what happened to hall. No, I mean, just like, we're just talking about Malik Hall. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> he's not hurt or anything. I just think um even though I in my mind I'm thinking oh they're better when they go small with him I don't know that I would have to look at lineup data seems like sometimes he just kind of sleepwalks through the game but um yeah I think Tomlin Sissoko and then what can Carson Cooper give Michigan State you know he was good against Marquette um and, and he played a little bit against USC as well so what can those guys give and I think that may be what it comes down to because the other guys are going to get theirs I mean they're there's no great matchup for Tyson Walker for KSU and, and vice versa for Noel, maybe Akins, but um, you know, it, it's going to be electric. Hogard obviously yeah. needs to play well as, as well for Michigan state. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, and I agree with that. I think it comes, it honestly probably will come down to, it'll either come down to just who hits the more ridiculous shots or the bigs. 
And yeah. even that, I, like, I think a lot of it's just going to be how do they help defend. Um, Hogard and Noel are two guys that when they get in the lane, they're going to create. Noel, if if Kansas State, if Noel gets into the lane, there's a guy going to be cutting from the corner, weak side corner to the rim every time. And it's yeah. going to result in a few lobs if MSU isn't ready. I'm going to, I lean Kansas State in this, but I am, I am super not confident in that because then yeah, there's also like Tom Izzo and, right. you know, there's that aspect too. Yeah. He finds a way to get it done in March. And so I, I think I'll lean, I'll lean Michigan State. But again, I think it'll be like a buzzer beat. I mean, I think it'll be a last possession kind of game. So really excited yeah. for that one. No, it should be good. Uh, we'll jump to the Midwest region, start with Houston taking on Miami. Houston yeah. beats Northern Kentucky by 11 in round one in a game that wasn't great. Um, they beat Auburn by 17, but we're down 10 at the half. Miami beat Drake by seven round one, and then they just kind of controlled against IU the whole for most of the game, uh, went 85 to 69. Miami impressed me. That was I haven't watched a ton of them this year. Um, that IU game was one of the the few that I have watched. And so maybe that was just kind of an outlier performance for them or something. And I'm willing to admit that, you know, I haven't watched a ton. So it, that's possible. Man, man, they look good. And Houston looked good. Houston, out of the 80 minutes they played, they looked really good for 10 minutes or 20 minutes, I mean. Um, but Houston's probably, I don't know. Is Houston more, Houston's more talented probably, but Miami's uh. got dudes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Miami does have, definitely has dudes. Uh, I think this Houston team is a little bit better suited to handle those dudes than IU for sure. Yeah. Uh, as far as like even the toughness aspect of like Roberts and and Walker down there taking on Omir because he he bullied IU. I mean, he he was just so active, so dominant in that game, um, and really I think the reason why they won to some extent, but. You know, I, yeah, I think they can kind of take him out of the game. I, I, I don't know. It's it's an electric matchup, though. I mean, you got Wong, Pack, Miller versus Sasser, Shed, and Mark. I mean, that that's that's a fun one. I think I, like, just pound for pound, I think I'd take Miami's guards or Miami's trio there instead of Houston's trio. But, again, I think Houston's bigs are a little bit better. So, I don't – and you don't want to just one for one it like that. But I think Houston's defense as a collective unit can – make Miami struggle um there's been this kind of weird like are they aren't they hurt you know with Sasser and Shed and I, I don't know I don't really I'm just going to assume everyone's fully healthy because they've had a week off uh, I haven't seen otherwise so yeah I think it could be a, an awesome matchup I think Miami's going to really have to make tough shots to like keep up here because I, I think they're going to struggle to stop Houston uh, especially when Houston gets out and runs so I am going to take Houston I, I'm a fan of this Houston team I, I think they're really good I think Miami can certainly hang, but they're going to have to be kind of unsustainable. You know, like they're going to have to really hit some tough, tough shots that, that maybe aren't the best shot quality, you know, which they're certainly capable of doing. I mean, Nigel Pack, Isaiah Wong, yeah, even Jordan. Miller. I've loved what I've seen from Jordan Miller. I didn't really know much about him, uh, honestly, before like the postseason, but he's been so awesome. So, yeah, if they can get that, you know, for the whole duration of the game, like they did against IU against Houston then I think absolutely they can win this one. Like I'm not saying Miami can't win, but I think it's much less likely to happen against the Houston defense. Yeah, I'm I'm with you pretty much every step of there. Uh, I think Houston does win, but if Miami gets going, like they like they have Wong, Pack, Miller, like you said, Amir, like they have guys that can just go off and, and dominate their respective aspects of the game. 
when I, you know, just kind of look at like Miami does want to get inside a lot and Houston's interior defense has been really, really good all year. Um, you know, they're number one in block percentage, number three in two point percentage. They force a, a ton of threes, um, which I think are more of teams just can't get inside against them. So Late I'm going to lean Houston. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, I think if Houston comes out and plays like they did in the second half against Auburn, they definitely win. If they come out like they did any of the other games, then yeah, they if they let this one be close, then they're putting themselves in the spot for one of Wong, Pack, Miller to just kind of go nuclear at the end, and that is a spot they definitely don't want to be in. Um, yeah, but I, I would I would lean Houston. Yep, I'm with you. I think Houston's ball pressure and and just the way they blitz those ball screens, almost pre pre blitzing those ball screens, and I think that can kind of take Miami's guards out of what they want to do. Um, we could move on to what is it, Texas Xavier, um, yep. which two two really, you know, good good brands, which is fun. I mean, two teams that are are really have been good recently. Um, I didn't think Xavier would get here, but but they're here uh, somehow after that Kennesaw State game. They didn't deserve to win that, really. Uh, but they got out of it. I think, you know, Texas got a unbelievable performance from Dylan DeSue in that Penn State game, and, and that, you know, carried him over the top. But the thing about Texas is, they probably have five, four, five, six guys that can have a performance like that in a tournament setting, which is where, you know, I think Xavier has some of those guys too. I mean, you look at Boom, Jones, Nunji, Kunkel, Hunter, like that's an unbelievable offensive five. And then you look at Texas with, with their guards and and they're just combination of inside out. Um, I, I like Texas here a little bit. I, I've been wanting to pick against Xavier. They've, they've proven me wrong. I think they just went kind of nuclear on Pitt. Um, and then obviously get kind of escape in that Kennesaw State. Xavier has one of the elite offenses in the country. They they shoot the hell out of the ball. Um, Kunkel, Boom, like I said, Colby Jones, like all those guys. Nunji's a really good three-point shooter. Um, even Hunter at times has shown it in the, in the past. He hasn't hit it this year. But um, I, so I think they can definitely stretch Texas's defense out, um, sort of similar to the way Penn State did. Penn State got a lot of good looks in that game. They just didn't really go down. Um, you know, but I do think Texas is going to have their way offensively. I mean, I, and I think as if they are able to get um, Nunji in any kind of foul trouble, like watch out. I think this could be a, a tech, Texas could roll to a win if that's the case. I'm not predicting that will be the case. But again, without Fremantle, they really lack some size in that front court and, and Texas can just throw different guys at you. I mean, you look at Disu, you look at Dylan Mitchell who's a freak athlete. Um, you know, they can bring in Christian Bishop, who was once a really, really good big for for Creighton and and still is like, OK. And then Timmy Allen's a, a really nice four man. Even Cunningham can can give minutes at times like they're just so deep. They can throw so many guys at you. Um, I, I think I lean Texas here. Yeah, I, I lean Texas as well. Um, I also did not think Xavier would be in the Sweet 16, but they are. And that's, you know, all you got to do is just win in March. Right. Um, yep. yep. I'm with you. Like I, I think Texas probably gets their way against their the defense, and that's probably what the ultimate factor is because Xavier's offense can also explode. I think it'll be a little bit harder, like you said, against some of the athletes that Texas has. And Texas is just so deep. Like they legitimately have three, four guys that could all drop twenty. It feels like any given game. Um, you know, like you said, Disu went went off against Penn State, and I don't think I'm expecting that to be replicated, but. He has it in him if that's what Xavier chooses to kind of give up, and that's what Penn State gave up due to size. So I don't know if that'll happen this time with Nunji in that. But um, yeah, no, Texas, Texas is good. 
And I was, I was really, really impressed with what I saw from them. I didn't watch as much Xavier. So that could also factor into my decision to be hundred percent honest. Um, you know, I'm looking at the numbers like Xavier does their third in the country in three point percentage at 38.9%. Like if they get on one of those hot streaks, it, it kind of probably doesn't matter then if they can, you know, if they can shoot 45, 50% from three and, and go like 10 of 20, that's hard to overcome no matter how good of an offense you have on the other side or good of, good of a defense period. So uh, yeah. I would lean Texas, like you said. Um, if if Nunji does get in foul trouble, yeah, I don't, I don't know what Xavier would really do. feels like Nunji's going to have to have a really good game and kind of dominate the interior to give Xavier a chance. And then you hope, you know, boom, Jones, uncle, like, and, and they all have shown that they will. Um, at least one to two of those guys really steps up from the perimeter. So, yeah, yeah I, I I would I would take Texas. Um, I would take – if it is Houston, Texas, I would take Houston, I think, if it does end up being that. Boy, that's tough. That's a really good game. Yeah, I, it is. I think that's a good We have some game. good games for the rest of this tournament lined up. Yeah, the Elite Eight could be pretty awesome. Um, yeah. Looking at it here, actually will be pretty awesome, I think, unless – you know, like a Princeton wins or whatever, but yeah, I, I think, I think I'd take Houston maybe just by the slightest of margins. Yeah. So we'll jump to the final region West and this is, are you, oh man, this might be my favorite region to be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is just this, then we said it coming in. This region is just stacked, just absolutely stacked. Uh, you have Arkansas taking on UConn in game one, Arkansas beats Illinois by 10 and then they pull it off against Kansas winning by one in round two. UConn uh, takes care of business against Iona and St. Mary's winning by 24 and 15 respectively. What are your initial thoughts for this game? Cause I think this could be a, a really, really good game. Yeah, this could be a great game. Um, I, I do think it has sneaky UConn blowout potential. Um, I'm not gonna, I hope that doesn't happen. So I'm not going to talk too much about that. Um, but I'm just, I think this UConn team's rolling. Um, they just turned on the, burners against St. Mary's in that second half and and took that game to a new level um, where they seemed like they kind of struggled in the first half. Um, you know, you look at the numbers and obviously the metrics, metrics love Connecticut. Um, but again, what's that intangible thing with Arkansas now that they, they have some of their guys back? Obviously, they're never getting Brazil back, who, who was a beast. But, you know, they have so many different guys that can really go off when you look at Black um and smith who they got nothing out of essentially in that kansas game and then you have council and 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 uh devo davis and devo davis man like that guy's battle tested he's been to two elite eights like he he goes off against kansas in that that game just getting out and running really good on ball defensively um physical not scared of the moment you know can hit tough shots just the kind of guy you want on your side in march and I, I was super impressed by him. I, I think, again, that Elite Eight experience for him um, is a factor in this game because outside of Davis, I don't know if you can hear that in my background, but it's uh, pretty loud. Some The dialogue. plane? Yeah, the plane. Okay. Uh, I think I hear it for me, too, to be honest. Okay. So. Yeah, we got, we got planes. We are in West Lafayette, known aviation school here. But, yeah, I, I think um, – I kind of lost my train of thought. But, anyway, I think – Davis's experience in the Elite Eight, you know, in a game where basically no one has in the, playing in the game has ever gone very far in the tournament, um, you know, could be a factor. But I do think just UConn's size, man, like, I don't know how they really counter that. I, I think Arkansas's bigs are okay. The Mitchell twins and, and Kamani Johnson, like, 
these guys are all right, um, but they're just not. Adama Sanogo, who's been a beast so far this tournament, 24 against St. Mary's, 28 against Iona. Um, and then just to be able to bring in Klingon off the bench. Like, I, I don't quite know how Arkansas counters that, um, but I do think Arkansas has maybe significantly better guards. I'm really, I don't love the UConn guards. I think Hawkins is good, is, it can be really good. I think Newton, I wish he had a better handle. Um, some of the guys they bring in are, are solid. Um, Aline's solid, Calcaterra, whatever. But yeah, I, I think Arkansas has the better guards. I think maybe this comes down to what they get out of Nick Smith. I mean, he, he was just a non-factor in 16 minutes against Kansas. Basically was did nothing against Illinois. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of a weird situation with him. He's got a ton of talent has had games this season where he's just gone off, gave 20, put 25 on Kentucky, but just hasn't been a factor. So if he, if he all of a sudden comes out and he's banging threes, now they become even harder to guard. So yeah, I, I think I lean UConn for sure, but um, I don't know. It could be a close game. Yeah. I had UConn before the tournament making the elite eight. I think I would stick with it now. Um, yeah. I did actually have them playing Arkansas. One of the few things I got right. UConn's just, they're good. They're just so good. And Arkansas is too. Um, I think UConn can match up with some of the Arkansas's length. You know, Arkansas is pretty tall, pretty just, you know, pretty wing heavy. Um, everybody, pretty much everybody that starts is like 6'5 to 6'9, it feels like. I guess Davis is 6'4. Uh, but, you know, Arkansas has dudes, like you said, that just can go off. Ricky Council, um, Devontae Davis, and like you said, Nick Smith didn't play well. Um, Jordan Walsh can be a beast on defense. Anthony Black, like they have dudes, but... I just like UConn's system, I think, and team as overall. Sonogo's been phenomenal, um, been one of the best players in the country, just straight up. I don't know, like you said, who Arkansas really goes to to try to stop that. Um, and yeah, I just and I just think UConn's the more balanced team overall. I think Arkansas is streaky on offense, um, so they could, obviously, with which the streakiness comes the good side, which you kind of saw from like Ricky Council in uh, the game against Kansas. But if they aren't hitting shots, they're only, you know, 31% three-point shooters. Like, if they aren't able to hit a bunch of tough jumpers, then I think UConn can probably pull away with this because I just trust them. I trust them to get more, to get better shots more consistently than I trust Arkansas to. Um, and I think, you know, that's probably what it comes down to a lot. If Arkansas can figure out a way to stop Sonogo, then they have a chance. I just don't know if that really happens. So I would, I would lean UConn. Um, and then, yeah. UConn is probably one of I think UConn, UConn's probably one of the best four seeds in a long time, it feels like. I think that's right. I think that's right. So. Scary. And I think we I think I thought I thought all along if if UConn could avoid Kansas with Bill Self, they'd make the Elite Eight. And that's what happened. So Yeah. And if they win, they would play the winner of Gonzaga versus UCLA, the last game we'll talk about. Gonzaga beats Grand Canyon by 12 and TCU by uh, three. UCLA beats UNC Asheville by 33 and then Northwestern by five. Both teams were tested in the second uh, the second round. Northwest UCLA, I don't know if really they ever gave up the lead, but it got really close. Uh, Gonzaga was trailing for a bit, and I even think even in the second half. Um, I kind of, you know, I put a tweet out like, if the NCAA wrote a script, it's 100% Gonzaga winning this uh, this year. And it just... I kind of had that feeling all year just before we dive into the actual uh, basketball. It's just like, this is the year Gonzaga is not like a top one, you know, top two team or whatever. They aren't getting as much publicity and slash hate of like, oh, they play in the WCC and all that. 
uh, most likely Timmy's last year. Although I, I know he, I think he can come back for one more if he wanted. It just felt like everything kind of lined up for Gonzaga to make this run. You got to, you know, for Torvik and I have don't, I haven't actually checked since, but I assume it's pretty similar. Gonzaga has been a, one of, if not the best teams over the past like month and a half of basketball. Uh, their defense has been better. And when you combine that with the best offense in the country, that's how, you know, that's how you get wins. Timmy's has been, Timmy has just been a beast. Um, put up 21 points in round one, put up 28 points and eight rebounds on 11 of 20 shooting in round two. Just a guy that you can just consist. Like, I don't know how much we need to talk about Timmy, I guess, because everybody knows like just a guy you can get the ball to down low and, or, you know, kind of at the high post, whatever. He's just going to make a play. Um, I, I think the passing has improved too. He's become a better passer. You can't just fully play him to score. Uh, but also UCLA has been really, really good, even with the injuries, right? Like one of the best defenses, um, it's really solid offense. So I think my initial gut is I just lean Gonzaga because I think they probably have the best play on the floor, but Hawkins has been so good. Campbell's been good. Um, if Bailey, Bailey, if I recall, yeah, Bailey shot the ball well the past two games, and that'll be big for them, for UCLA, if Bailey can continue to do that. Uh, but I, it's gonna. This one should be interesting too. Two West Coast teams playing in Vegas uh, should be should be a good atmosphere in general. Yeah, I think this could be the the game of the Sweet Sixteen, the best game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I had the same feeling as you. I mean, I I picked Gonzaga to make my national championship game. Um, well, maybe I switched that at the last minute, but either way, I had Gonzaga in the Final Four. Um, because I thought. Yeah, I just thought similar to you. I thought they were clicking at the right time. Their offense has been so explosive recently. Um, and then they haven't looked amazing. Like, they haven't looked over-the-top great, which is kind of, I don't know, pulled me in the direction of UCLA. But I think the X factor, like you said, is is Amari Bailey. I mean, he, he has given them 17 and 14 in the two games so far. And again, like they, there were times this season where they didn't know what they were getting from him. And now with the injury to Jalen Clark, he's even more important. So I think if they can get that production from him, I think they're probably going to win the game. I don't know that they will get that production from him. Um, I think they're just not going to be able to guard Timmy. Like Bona is a, not, I mean, he's just too quick to his footwork's too good for, for Bona, I think. Um, and, and then like, bring in ETN, Waba, whatever. Um, maybe they go Hawkins, I don't know. But, like, they, they really can't guard Timmy, um, which is why I think Gonzaga is a, a good pick here. But, again, like, guard play is so big. I think Tiger's probably the best guard in the game. Yep. Um, you know, Hawkins is a unique matchup. I, I do think they have a really good matchup to guard Hawkins with Watson. You know, so I think I'm going to lean Gonzaga, but maybe I should just pick UCLA to be different than you. I'm going to just pick UCLA so we have some disagreement. Um, I think they, they grind out a win here. And, uh, you know, Mick Cronin is is a great coach, and and this is a battle-tested team, both these teams. I, I really do. I think this will be the best game of the, the Sweet 16. Yep. It's the night capper for the Thursday slate. Should yeah. be a great one. Uh, I guess we'll just say out of the four teams in the West, who are you most confident in making the Final Four then? Uh, I'll go UConn because I think they have the easier game in the Sweet First. 16, you know. Yeah, that that would be my case. I would go. I'll I'll go Gonzaga. I still think they get it done, but I agree. UConn has the easier path playing an Arkansas team that can just go nuclear right at any moment, and that's why it's the Sweet 16. Great matchups all around. Even like 
like what the I guess the worst matchups Tennessee FAU probably. Yeah, um, and I I think we could do real quick before I got to get out of here. We could do our updated Final Fours. Okay. Um, I I have Bama. Uh, I have Bama. Bama, Houston, UConn, and oof, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to pick Tennessee, but I think I might pick Tennessee. Fair. I'll go. I'll go Bama, Houston. You, I mean Bama, yeah, Bama, Houston, Gonzaga. Um, uh, and definitely a team coming. A team will come out of the East region for sure. Yeah. Um, thanks, thanks Purdue, for opening that door. Yeah. Um. Give me in the East. Give me Kansas State. Okay. I don't love it. And then I'll take Bama over K State, Gonzaga over Houston, and give me Zaga over Bama. I don't think they actually match. I don't know if they match up great, but I'll, I'll just take them for Tennessee. If my thing plays out and we get Tennessee Bama, that's legitimately one of the worst Final Four games <laughs> in ever. I mean, who wants to see the same conference? Now, if we got Creighton, Tennessee, that would be potentially fun. But especially if then we know that. Now, my team with Creighton here, and I'm about to jump off, but we have a chance here now to knock off the villain of the tournament on Sunday. We got to get past Princeton, um, who's obviously been the kind of the darling. And then we got to be, then we're going to have a chance to to be national heroes if we can beat Alabama on Sunday. So see how that goes. Um, Looking forward to to seeing it we just got breaking news as we're doing this that tobin anderson accepted the iona job from fdu oh, wow. uh, good jump up for him and um again it's Won funny a game in march well it's yeah it's funny and like the saint peter's thing like they blew up and none of those guys made the tournament this year uh, all those guys transferred out that shaheen holloway didn't make the tournament neither did any of his players a year after making the elite eight. And so, I mean, we'll see what happens with FDU. I guess it, I'm, my guess is it will be similar, which is kind of too bad. I, I don't know. I mean, feels like we can, we're never going to get back to back runs anymore, unless you're like a mid major, you know, like eight ten level, you could maybe do yeah. that, but you're probably not going to keep your, you know, MIAC or uh, Mac or whatever team together. If you go on a run the next year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're going to be poached and, that's why, I like these these lower seats, if you can win a single game in March, you're the you're going to triple your salary. You're going to triple your salary as a coach if you win yeah. a game. Yeah, well, his was yeah, because his before was like twenty k or something like that. I saw plus living. So yeah, that was from um, twenty thirteen. That was a screenshot from twenty thirteen. So that was oh, like, somebody yeah. said fake. That, okay, well, yeah, that was fake news then. All right, I got played. Um, it's exciting right. basketball. We'll be live on Brags in the Stands Thursday, Friday. For sure, Saturday, Sunday, to be determined. Um, I, I assume so, but we'll figure it out. Definitely Thursday, Friday, after all the games are done. Brags in the stands. You can follow us on Twitter at FeedThePost underscore. Um, we'll be back sometime soon. Probably We'll probably do a Final Four championship recap pod. Um, just you know, be on the lookout for all the normal places. We'll do, a where all the content... we'll do a Purdue post-mortem at some point. Yeah, that'll come out at some point. Uh, maybe after the season, we'll see. So, uh, you know, look out just the normal places we'll put all the content there appreciate everybody tuning in and we'll catch you in the next one